Hey there, my friend. In a world filled with chaos and the uncertainty that we see, what we truly need is the one who was intimately connected with God the Father at the very dawn of things, at the very creation. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, we're talking about that one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things were brought into existence and through whom we continue to live. Welcome to episode 293 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is Brian Del Turco. For additional resources and relevant links today, you're going to want to chase these down. Be sure to go to the show notes page at jesussmart.com slash 293 or jesussmart.com slash JDD. You ask, what does JDD mean? Jesus Deficit Disorder. That's the name of the episode today, Overcoming JDD, Jesus Deficit Disorder with Frank Viola. Among a few other themes, we'll be assessing how the church is engaging with the kingdom of God today. Are we understanding and appropriating the kingdom in a way that is worthy of the king and the gospel of the kingdom, considering, considering, my friend, that it's the central motif, the central theme of Jesus' teachings. I love the word motif. You know, approach your friend at a coffee shop. Hey, how's the motif of the day? Okay, we'll also be exploring how Jesus was in fact establishing an alternative civilization right in the midst of what we typically perceive as civilization. We'll also discuss the pressing need to overcome what we call JDD, Jesus Deficit Disorder. Interestingly, I personally hold the belief that all of the disorders, all of the maladies that we see in both nature and humanity are downrange, downstream from this meta-JDD. Have you noticed that everything around you is broke, busted, and disgusted? We're saying that Jesus is the answer. Appreciate this review on Apple Podcasts. Articulate, resourced, and engaging. Jesus-centered all the way around. Jesus' intelligence got me really thinking at a deeper level. Well, we're all chasing the mind of Christ. We're chasing the wisdom of God. If you haven't yet considered subscribing to the podcast on your favorite listening option, also click notifications. It will prompt you when each episode goes live. And uh, if you're so inclined, leave that five-star review wherever you listen to podcast. Hey, thanks, Frank, for carving out some time and energy to open the mics today. We appreciate you. Hey there, welcome friends to another edition of Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is the podcast for those who um, who are ready to go above and beyond as an apprentice of Jesus Christ and his kingdom and uh, really uh, seeking maybe to elevate their story under Christ's story, their part to play in this time in our world. What do you think, Frank? Thanks for coming on the podcast today. We need everybody to show up, don't we, with their um, with walking worthy of the calling, don't we? <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, having me on again. It's always good to chat with you, and um, you have maintained a uh, consistency in this podcast, and uh, so I appreciate that and encourage you to continue on. Well, thank you. Thank you for carving out time. And you can go back and search Frank Viola. He's been on the podcast a couple other times. Excellent content. And of course, follow his two podcasts. What are those podcasts again, Frank? We have the Christ is All podcast, and uh, that is almost at 2 million downloads, which is really 
both baffling and humbling and encouraging. And then there is uh, the newer podcast, The Insurgents Podcast, that is a supplement to my book, Insurgents Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom. And right now what I'm doing with my partners is we are going through every single reference, every mention of the gospel um, the kingdom, actually, mm-hmm. every reference of the kingdom in the New Testament. And it's a it's a delightful study. It's a powerful study. It's not really a study. We just riff on the various mentions of the kingdom, and we're doing it chronologically. And so it's both unique and it's uh, enlightening uh, to, to my partner and I, as well as to the audience. Of so. course it is. And yeah, I highly recommend the book. I read it cover to cover, Insurgents, about the kingdom. I've read some of other Frank's works as well. The kingdom, we just need a, 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 a just a resurfacing of the gospel of the kingdom message and, and reality, don't we? Frank Viola is a conference speaker. He's a blogger, a best-selling author. He helps serious followers. This is what I really love about you, Frank. You help serious followers of Jesus know that their Lord more deeply and real transformation being experienced and impact living. This is what I love about it. And your blog, frankviola.org, is uh, ranked consistently in the top five of all Christian blogs on the web. And you mentioned the podcast, Christ is All, the Insurgents podcast as well. So I thank you for your work, Frank, and your consistency. You're a mentor, and I've been to one of your events, and I love your books. I love your podcast. I, I love the times we get to talk together, and I really appreciate you and your work. Well, hey, Frank, um, <clears throat> I don't think it's too much to say that uh, this world is a broken, <laughs> busted, and disgusted. And it's almost like that proverb that says a backslider will be filled to the full with their own fancies. I think the whole world is like that, you know, just right. filled to the full, disillusioned, disappointed, desperate. It's kind of like that old song, who was it, by the Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction, you know. Uh, the whole world is kind of in that mode. And and I've heard you say before that the only thing that does not wear out is Jesus. Even the good things wear out, right? Is, it, is that what you mean? Right, right. Every... <laughs> Everything in this life, including spiritual habits, practices, disciplines, will eventually wear out, except for Jesus Christ. He is the only thing that will not wear out. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're talking today about rediscovering Christ, you know, and what is so powerful when we think about it is that Christ is ultimately creative. He's regenerative. You know, he talked about the regeneration when all things would be renewed. I would like to say that in a real sense, when we're born again, we begin to taste that, have that opportunity to see that process begin to be activated uh, even now. And I think he wants that as a, as a witness. Before we get into it, Frank, just in a more broader, uh, general sense, because you bring such a message about the kingdom, what may you be sensing these days about how the church at large, church with a capital C, is doing with appreciating um, the understanding of the kingdom of God, understanding it, and maybe with that, how are we doing with walking it out, you know, walking worthy of that calling? Well, see, the the thing I want to say before I try to answer the question is we have in the Christian populace um, a way of using the term church in such a generic way Mm. that it's really impossible to represent 
what's going on am, among Christians. For example, when someone says, you know, the church is weak or the church needs filling the blank or problem with the church is um, or or in this question, you know, how is the church doing? Well, um, I have to say, what church are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so talking about the Baptist Church? Are we talking about the Reformed Church? Are we talking about the Pentecostals, the Roman Catholics, the Eastern Orthodox? Or are we talking about Christians who meet in house churches, outside the institutional church, organic churches? What are we talking about? Okay. And so I that's my first observation. And I've tried to get this across to people uh, for years, but it's one of those things that's very, very hard to stick and get through. So when we say, when you're asking how is the church doing? Uh, I have to step back and say, well, if you're talking about all the Christians in the world, <laughs> okay, um, I would say that probably in my observation and in my experience, a very small percentage of the Christians all across the denominations, all across the movements, all across the tribes mm-hmm. really understand what the kingdom of God is, Okay. okay. Uh, still today, the majority of if you if you lined up a thousand and two Christians, okay, from all different denominations, walks of life, uh, movements, etc., and you said, "What is the kingdom of God?" Because that's your question: understanding the kingdom and walking worthy of Christ the King. Uh, you're going to get most of them are going to answer things like, "Well, it's heaven." Others will say, "Well, it's making the world a better place." Others are going to say, well, it's signs and wonders. Mm. Those works in yeah. the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Others are going to say it's um, it's social justice, okay? <laughs> Basically, you're going to get all different answers, and brother, none of them are correct. Not one of them. Everything I mentioned, none of them map to <laughs> okay. what the kingdom of God is. Okay. All I can tell you is, all I can tell you is where I have spoken in conferences and, and churches and movements— where the people have read the book Insurgents Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, and they are listening to the Insurgents podcast, which takes every reference to the kingdom in chronological order in the New Testament and riffs on it. I can tell you that those people get it. They understand what the kingdom is and isn't. Now, I'm sure there are others, all right? I'm I'm sure there are others who have never read the book, never heard of the book, uh, that have an understanding as well. I've not met too many of them. Okay. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book and why I have the podcast is because there is a great lack of understanding as to what the kingdom is, especially what the gospel of the kingdom is. And I can, I can also tell you that the people who have read the book and who listen to the podcast, I continue to get testimonials of how radically it changed their life. And some of the people, uh, Brian have been Christians for a long time. And they thought they knew what the kingdom was. Yeah, and it yeah exactly. Up. And, I'm, yeah. And, I'm, and, and just for anybody who's not aware of who I am, I am somebody who has had that own shaking in my own life. I thought I knew what the kingdom of God was for years. I thought I knew what the gospel of the kingdom was for years. And the Lord sovereignly uh, did a work in my life, opened my eyes, gave me a, a revelation, I'll use that term in a general sense, to see what the kingdom and the gospel of the kingdom was, and it re- it revolutionized my own life. 
And so the book and the podcast are the fruit and the outworking of that own revelation. I'm simply passing on what happened to me. Okay. Um, Am I kind of hearing that that was somewhat recently in the longer arc of your your walk with the Lord and your work? No, it's progressive. Uh, Probably started around 2009. And then uh, from 2009 all the way to 2018, it just went into hyperspeed. And 2018 is when the book released and then intentionally released the uh, podcast, the Insurgents podcast, six months later. But basically, in answer to your question, I think that the vast majority of Christians do not understand what the kingdom of God is. They have equated it with things that... um, are aspects of the kingdom. We'll say that. Okay. Eternal life is an aspect of the kingdom. Signs and wonders is an aspect of the kingdom. But it's kind of like trying to define uh, an automobile by just focusing on the tires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, these four tires are an automobile. Okay? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we just bought another automobile recently. So, man, it's just too sensitive right now about the whole issue. <laughs> hey, um, so, I mean, Jesus said to you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I think he was talking about his insiders. And I was re- really thinking about this recently, Frank. There's a sense in which we want to get on the inside, don't we? We want to we become an insider, quote, with Jesus where we can um, understand these things better. I mean, we're all questing. I mean, who can say that I fully understand the kingdom, right? But we're all mm-hmm. leaning and questing. And and um, my desire is to be an insider and to run with those who, who, who sort of have that same aspiration. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So Jesus is central. I mean, you can't have the kingdom without the king, right? That's right. <laughs> I think That's- I think you say in, in in your writing that the word itself means the domain of a king, right? I mean, how can you have the kingdom as some kind of a abstract thing without the person of Jesus Christ? I'm intrigued by your book, A Theography, Jesus, A Theography, which you co-wrote with uh, Leonard Sweet, part of a trilogy of books. But you're dealing there with a rediscovery of Christ. You know, you know Frank, I heard somebody say years ago, somebody that sort of a peer mentor and that I came up with. And he said, you know, the quality of our presentation of the gospel determines the quality of our convert. And they sort of, I don't know how you feel about that statement, but they sort of come in with the DNA or the, you know, the, 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 the strain of things in which they were initially converted, but there may be a need. There's likely a need. I'm going to say there's definitely a need actually, because Christ is infinite. There's so much for, for him to reveal to us of rediscovering Christ. Um, is this, this seems to be part of the motivation of, of your book, right? With Leonard Sweet, rediscovering Christ, who he is, and, and um, really seeing the offer that's on the table. Well, a couple things. Uh, first, I didn't just write one book about Jesus with Leonard Sweet. We wrote three. Mm-hmm. So there's a, it's a trilogy. It's a three volume. And before I get into that, um, I'm not sure who you're quoting, but in my book, Insurgents, there is the statement, the kind of convert made is the direct result of the kind of gospel preached. Okay. And so we see uh, converts in our own lives. You know, we can we can name us as being a convert yeah, uh, and friends and people we know. 
kind of convert is going to reflect the kind of gospel preached. And the gospel of the kingdom, what it does is it produces radical, all-in, revolutionary followers of Jesus Christ who are obsessed and consumed with him and his kingdom. And um, basically, they get radicalized, all right? That's a term that we often hear uh, in the terrorist world, you know, that this person in the Middle East got radicalized, and now they're going to commit suicide for their false cause. Well, in the New Testament, when people were baptized after they heard the gospel of the kingdom preached, which was the message of Jesus, it was the message of Paul, it was the message of Philip, it was the message of all the apostles, right? It was also called the gospel of grace and the gospel of God and the gospel of Christ. They were baptized, and what was happening is they were being radicalized to Jesus of Nazareth and his alternative civilization, the kingdom of God. Now, you cannot separate and Christians have done this for centuries. You cannot separate the king from the kingdom. The kingdom of God is three things, and I expound on this in the book Insurgents. It is the king himself. Jesus embodies the kingdom, all right? Secondly, it's the people who are ruled by the king. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's the ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, it's his actual rule. It's the activated rule. It's the sovereign rule of Christ. Okay. So it's those three things. Yeah. And you cannot have the kingdom without the king. And so in the three books that I wrote with Leonard Sweet, um, going back to a phone conversation we had in 2008, we wrote Jesus Manifesto, which was the first book. And we wrote it because we both felt like most Christians suffer from JDD, Jesus Deficit Disorder, okay? Uh, which means most Christians— It's the worst kind of are, disorder. It is. Most Christians are focused on something related to Jesus, but Jesus himself is left out in the cold. Oh, my goodness. So, for example, evangelism. There are Christians that are so focused on evangelism— but Christ is kind of a footnote for Christ himself. Discipleship is another one. Leadership principles is another one. Church multiplication is another sure. one. Sure, churchianity. Christians are, yeah. Christians are obsessed with—it could be theology, Bible study, etc. Sure. They're obsessed with things yeah. related to Jesus yeah. where Jesus himself is kind of, uh, as I say, he's a footnote. He's, he's a footnote. He's not the centrality— and the all-inclusiveness uh, and the all-sufficient and the all-sovereign Christ that the New Testament presents to us, where he is the main focus, and these other things are little footnotes, okay? Are derivatives of him, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's the pyramid has been reversed. And mm. so we wrote Jesus' manifesto to pull back the curtain and show God's people the glorious, incredible— inimitable, ineffable vision of who Jesus Christ is as a living, resurrected, enthroned person who we can know and experience yes. and because he has come to live within us. And that's what the book does. And what's so fascinating is that, that Jesus' manifesto was endorsed glowingly 
by Christian leaders, the major Christian leaders uh, uh, over the last 20 years, um, in every single denomination you can think of, whether it's Anglican, whether it's Reformed, Neo-Reformed, whether it's Baptist, whether it's Pentecostal, Charismatic, you name it. And all of them, the people who endorsed it, resonated with it so powerfully. In fact, I had one author, uh, he's gone to be with the Lord now, one of the greatest writers of our century, Calvin Miller. He wrote The Singer, incredible book. He said the, the, the book revolutionized his life. Wow. Which was quite a statement because here's a guy who, you know, much older than I am, <laughs> um, and even older than Leonard Sweet, and he had this experience. So that was the first book, and then we felt we wanted to follow it up with another book that actually took readers through the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, all right, showing them Jesus Christ on every page. Because Jesus himself said, speaking of the Hebrew Scriptures, he said, all Scripture testifies of me. That means Leviticus testifies of Jesus, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. That means Exodus. That means Ruth. That means Numbers, Genesis. It, he's all there. He's in every page and pictures and types and images and analogies. And so what we did in Jesus of Theography, which is the second book in the trilogy, we took readers through uh, Christ on every page. And, uh, and then the third book was Jesus Speaks, which talks about very practically how to hear the voice of Jesus. He said, my sheep hear my voice. Mm -hmm. Recognize it's him and not our own thoughts or not the voice of the enemy. And those three books, uh, people can go to my website, frankviola.org, and click on the books uh, page, <clears throat> and they will see those books. And and if they click on any of the book covers, Jesus Manifesto, Jesus of Theography, or Jesus Speaks, they will come to a page that has all sorts of interviews that Leonard and I did, uh, both print interviews, audio interviews. Uh, there's excerpts from the books. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's 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 very full. It's a robust uh, page where they can um, you know find out about all of what we say about Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're referring to the statement in John five: "You search the scriptures because you think that in them you find life, but the scriptures point to me." Right. Yes. I think today in some sectors, and I hope I don't fall into this at times, but we almost have a, you know, a um, a bibliolatry where God can only speak through the Bible. But your third book addresses that, right? Jesus speaks. Yeah. But yes. yeah, the scriptures point to a person, the living word. Uh, yes, yes, everything is, you know, in the framework of the written word, but the living Jesus. So you're saying that Jesus Christ and, and he is the king. And the kingdom is a derivative of him as a person, right? Is that a, is that a fair statement? I would say he embodies the kingdom. He embodies even just, even stronger. It's not a, it's not a derivative. He is he, he is the kingdom. He is he the kingdom. Yes, bodied, right? Incarnated, embodied, embodied, and we and we are in Christ, and we're part of that embodiment, right? Yeah, exactly. As exactly. the as the royal yeah. priest. So so you're saying in the book uh, theography um, that it Jesus is the overwhelmingly the central motif. <laughs> the the organizing theme right of of scripture itself the revelation of scripture and that's right there's Absolutely. no more important question is there frank than who do you say that i am 
Absolutely. And who yes, do, and, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> and who do people, I mean, it's like in the garden you have like, where are you? That's an important archetypical question we could say, right? When he's searching for man, but then boy, who do you say that I am? I mean, those questions are huge. Well, here's the thing though. In the West, uh, most people hearing that question will think, well, that's pretty easy. You know, I'm just... I'll just recite the creed. You know, he's the son of God. He's he's the Messiah. He's the savior of the world. Um, that doesn't mean anything. Your confession doesn't mean a hill of beans unless there is a revelation that uh, is behind that question. Okay. Behind that, that is behind that confession, behind that confession. Yes. You know, James, the book of James, the letter of James, James was the younger brother of Jesus. And uh, and I believe that with many scholars, um, he basically tells us your confession means nothing. You can say Jesus is the Lord. You can say mm. Jesus is Messiah. But if that confession does not flow out of a living faith that comes from a revelation in your heart where you really know inwardly that he is who you're confessing, well, the devils have that other kind of mental ascent faith, too. They can say, you know, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Messiah. Um, remember that demon-possessed woman in the city of Philippi? Um, she was going around following Paul, saying these are servants of the Most High God. Well, what, they were, what, the, what she was saying was true. But she didn't believe it. <laughs> she uh, was, was basically yeah. mocking, you know, mocking, and it was irritating Paul. And finally, he he his patience ran out, and he cast a demon out of her, and she stopped <laughs> yeah. saying it. Yeah. So your confession means nothing. What's important <sighs> is mm. the confession that comes out of true faith, that comes out of a revelation of seeing who Jesus is in your heart, in your spirit. And only the Holy Spirit can give a person that, but we can certainly position ourselves to have it if we humble ourselves, become poor in spirit, and we seek. And God wants us to seek Him. Jesus wants us to seek Him. Seek and you shall find. And so this business about pursuing the Lord, not just, I'm not just talking about an unbeliever someone who doesn't know him. I'm talking about believers because most Christians do not know their Lord very well, mm. whether they admit it or not. They just don't. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and so the difference between having a revelation of Christ, Ephesians 1, yes. uh, an inward revelation of Jesus, seeing who he is, believing, true faith, which affects your actions, all right? The true faith is evidenced by how you live. And if there's not a change of life, then you don't have biblical faith, the faith that the Testament describes. But it's the difference between reading about the city of Paris, reading books on it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it it's a difference between that, uh, watching videos, watching documentaries. You can know everything about Paris and say, I love Paris. But boy, it's totally, it's a totally different ball game to visit Paris, to walk its streets, to smell the smells, to eat the food, to meet the people, right? To touch uh, the buildings, to actually be in the Eiffel Tower rather than reading about it in a book or watching a video on it. And so that's the difference between confessing Jesus and actually knowing Jesus where it's not a confession that comes out of mental assent or some creed that you recite, 
but actually out of firsthand experience. Ah, I, I suppose one could say that even the demons, in a sense, have a creedal faith, right? <laughs> but you know, oh, um, it yes, it 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 um, you know, and I. I know we're wrapping up here, and I want to touch on Ephesians 1 and, and praying for that spirit of wisdom and revelation in that that epinosis, that advanced relational knowledge of Christ, you know, Ephesians 1, that great pa- prayer by Paul. But, um, yeah, I what to, if, if we're going to meet this moment and if we're going to stand before the Lord and not shrink from Him in shame at His coming, if we're going to enter the kingdom abundantly— I think, as Peter says, in this way, you know, when he talks about the characteristics of the kingdom there, I think in Second Peter 1, you will enter abundantly into the kingdom. Um, who, who who wants to enter the fullness of the kingdom, like, in a scarce way or, like, <laughs> you know, come in smoking, you know? I mean, I, I, I um, we don't want to shrink away from him in shame and his coming. We want to please him. Um, but, you know, praying that prayer at some point in the past and then only reading our Bibles as to what God used to do and what he used to say, that is insufficient, right? Am, am I okay in saying that? Well, it, depend, it depends on it depends on what you mean by that. Like, I, I mean, I I am in the scriptures all the time. Sure, me too. And, and of course, the scriptures are what Jesus said, past tense, right? But I am looking for what he's saying now and who he is now, because he's the same Christ that lives in me. The Jesus who walked in Nazareth and visited Jerusalem and laid his head in Bethany and died a, a gruesome, horrible death— he is the same Jesus that has been raised by his father to immortality and who lives in every true believer by the Holy Spirit. Amazing, so, amazing thought. And so, you know, there's no problem looking at what Jesus or what God the said in the past, as long as we're seeking to have that true connection and encounter and learning more about who he is now. Because you can't separate, you can't separate, I'll use the term that theologians use, you can't separate um, the the Jesus of history from the Christ of faith. You know, he's the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And so there are ways, Brian, to approach the scripture that actually bring it to life and that give us uh can give us an electrifying experience with the living god there you go. Wow. and in the insurgents podcast i actually unveil some of these ways and i also have i don't know how many pastors are listening to this i don't know how many uh, bible teachers are listening to this but i have a mastermind for leaders pastors and teachers called the insurgents experience and what it is it is a high-level premium mastermind, and it, it goes way beyond a cohort, by the way. Um, many leaders think, oh, that's a cohort. No, it's not. <laughs> it's way beyond it. But it's a full year, and uh, it's mostly online, but we do have a one in, we do have an in-person meeting with the Zoom edition. Uh, and uh, I will just tell you that in that experience, we not only discuss the different ways to encounter Jesus Christ in the scriptures, we actually do it together. Mm-hmm. And 
a profound, profound experience. One that will not only will change your life, it'll change your preaching, it'll change your teaching. And uh, we go to work on it and we spend a whole year uh, knowing the Lord better, knowing him more deeply and learning how to share him in a way where people are uh, not only blown away, they're left breathless at the sight of Christ that has been unveiled through preaching and teaching. Most of the preaching and teaching we have today is not like that at all. And I have found that many pastors, um, they tend to be dismissive. Uh, if it's not something that's going to put more people in the seats, bring more money into the church building, um, something that's going to swell their cranium with more knowledge, they're just totally disinterested in it. Now, that's the majority that I have experienced and observed. But there's those few that say, you know what? I want to know the Lord better than I do. I want to be able to preach him where people are just captivated, not by me, but by him, that small segment of, of of Christian leadership, the pastors and the teachers, brother, they jump on this, and it is revolutionary. So if anybody's listening who's a pastor and teacher, I would highly encourage them to apply. They can um, go to ministrymind.org. They can read testimonials, real testimonials from real pastors and teachers to see exactly what this thing is. And um, if they're interested, it takes two minutes to apply. I love that. I love that. And, you know, the statement that comes to mind of Paul as you're speaking there, Paul said, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. You know, we are accountable to God for how we speak, and we speak in Christ, that living um, reality, substantive reality, preaching Christ, not a brand, not a building, not a big man, you know, all the B words, you know, budget. We're not preaching our budget. We're not preaching our building. We're not preaching the big man, and we're not preaching our brand. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of run with a group of guys here that gets uh, – we probably get carnal a little bit when we talk about some of these things. Probably need to repent after some of our little meetings. But, you know, we're, what we're doing is just thinking and dialoguing. and, and uh, Well, as we close, Frank, and I know your time is limited, and but can we just touch on the Ephesians 1 thing? Because Paul is really advocating that we pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the epinosis, the advanced knowledge of Christ. As I've studied it, I think that there's more of a reference to the heart knowledge or the experiential knowledge of Christ advanced, not casual, not distant, not, you know, just creedal, but an actual advanced relational knowledge of Christ that is central, its core to God's activity in the earth. Um, What would you say, Frank? And then maybe we could briefly close, um, if you wouldn't mind leading us in prayer on this theme today. Well, I would just go back to my analogy about visiting Paris versus reading about it, watching videos on it, (laughs) looking at documentaries. What Paul is talking about in Ephesians 1, and he's talking to a series of churches, a group of churches in Asia Minor. The book of Ephesians was a circuit letter, and um, these were Christians. And the solution to everything in the Christian life is a greater revelation of Christ. Mm -hmm. Some people get spooked out about the word revelation. Um, Revelation is simply an unveiling, all right? If you're a married man listening to this, there was a moment in time where you had a revelation of that girl who you married. 
and your eyes were opened and you saw her like nobody else saw her and you fell in love with her. That's a revelation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, the same yeah. thing happens with women who, you know, marry their husbands. About that first time where you would say you fell in love, you had a revelation. You saw him like others did not. And that's the same thing that Paul is getting at when he talks about a revelation in the knowledge of Christ. He's talking about firsthand knowledge, knowing him, just like I would know you, right? We met together in person once. I know you. Um, so the the thing about this is, in order for a Christian to have this— and by the way, they had an initial revelation of Christ, else they wouldn't be saved, yes, right? that's it. <laughs> it has to be that initial unveiling that Jesus is the Lord, He is Savior, He is Messiah, yeah. I'm going to trust in Him. But usually that fades, and it gets replaced by teachings and doctrines and theology and practices, and that initial revelation ebbs away. Well, what Paul is telling these Christians is, Ask God for, I'm praying that God would give you an ever-continuing revelation of Christ. That's right. Wow. And that's, that's the heritage of all Christians. Yeah. But it begins with a desire. And there are many Christians today who just simply do not have a desire for the Lord to know Him, to see Him new and fresh. And the reason is because their um, life has been cluttered with all sorts of things that are temporal and earthly. Jesus talked about it in the sense of, uh, he, he used the term, the cares of this life. Yeah. Choke the word. The right? desires for many things, yeah. Yeah, the desires of many things, you know, the, the things of life, the things that you have to do every day, oh, yeah. you know, family-related, house-related, work-related. Absolutely. And, yeah. so, and that could a actually suffocate any spiritual desire. So, if you're listening to this and you don't have a desire <laughs> to see the Lord anew and afresh, uh, to where you're chasing him and pursuing him to get fresh glimpses of his glory, then the first step is to say, Lord, I need you to intervene in my life to bring me to the point where I do have a desire. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you are someone who has a desire, then the next step is to begin to pursue an unveiling of Christ. And there are some tools that you can use. I mean, I have a chapter uh, on this very thing in the book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. Mm -hmm. The book which came out not too long ago, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. Um, a lot of what I talk about on the Christ is All podcast is designed to give people a fresh revelation, unveiling of Jesus Christ. Uh, so there are things that you can access uh, I would say the majority of my ministry is, in fact, presenting Jesus to people in a way that goes beyond what they typically hear. And if they really catch it, they will just say, um, what a Lord. You know, I, I've made the statement that good preachers leave you saying, what a good sermon. Great preachers leave you saying, wow, what a Christ. What a Christ. And these times, as things are winding up and winding down, and one, one kingdom's, you know, the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining, as Paul said, um, I tell you, we need a really resuscitated revelation of Christ. Uh, I'm just, I know the need of it, and I know the quest of it. And I know that we have to find people that are on that wavelength, don't we, 
uh, we can't just become entombed with a bunch of casual Christians, right, Frank? Um, we do need um, maybe another layer of affiliation or other layers of association, kind of like the uh, thing you were talking about earlier for, for, for Christian leaders, you know, who, who come together around a central focus. And um, But there's... Okay. I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is sort of agitating for that in a positive sense today, creating maybe niche associations and layers of, of relationship that sort of sit on top, not on top of, but, you know, in addition to or supplemental to maybe what we normally think about as our local church connectivity. Um, well, Frank, would you pray for us? I thank you for your time. You know, would you would you would you pray for us? I know this is a long arc quest to know Christ, but um, give us a give us a shot in the arm here, a B twelve prayer. <laughs> well, uh, and I'll include myself in the prayer, brother, okay. because this this is a journey that never ends. Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you for this time that we've had together. I have no idea who's listening to this, um, but I ask that uh, you would give all of us, me included, a deeper, higher revelation of your Son. Uh, that would continue to draw our hearts after you. Mm. Yes. Just like that maiden uh, in the Song of Solomon chased after the king, uh, the monarch. And um, if we don't have a desire, if any listening do not have that desire, I pray that you would arrange their circumstances, mm. uh, sovereignly change um, their lives, what's happening around them, but yeah. put them in a position where they're desperate mm-hmm. and seeking you uh, maybe for the first time in this way. And pray, Lord, all of us who have this desire, uh, increase it in our lives. Lord, you, you promise that if we seek you, we will find you. And I pray that you would do that. We would find you in ever greater measures, Lord, just like a husband and wife can live together for many, many years and still not know the depths of the other spouse. Um, you are so much more. Your uh, riches are unfathomable, unsearchable, untraceable. And um, we pray that you would give every person listening to this, me included, Brian included, mm-hmm. a deeper revelation, unveiling, apprehension, insight into your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. It's challenging, but it is, you know, we'll look, if we look back at an inflection point, you know, we'll be so grateful. We'll be so grateful in this life and beyond. Um, thank you, Frank. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you too. I, I enjoyed it. And um, we'll talk next time. We'll talk next time. Thank you. As we wrap up this insightful conversation with Frank Viola, we encourage you to dive deeper into the topics we've explored today. You can find more thought-provoking content from Frank on the Insurgents podcast and also the Christ is All podcast. Links to these resources can be found on our show notes page. Check it all out at jesussmart.com slash 293 or slash JDD for Jesus Deficit Disorder. I also want to mention the link, uh, frankviola.org slash Jesus Trilogy, all one word. 
This is the trilogy of books with Leonard Sweet that Frank was referencing, Jesus Manifesto, Jesus A Theography, and Jesus Speaks. If you believe this episode could bring value to someone you know, don't hesitate to pass it along. You can find Jesus Smart the Podcast on various podcast platforms, so feel free to search for us anywhere podcasts are available. We're truly grateful for your time and attention, and we look forward to having you join us again for future episodes. Until next time, stay curious, keep seeking, get intense. I appreciate you. Thank you.